you start with? Yeah, just uh, it's all a vibe. Um, What's going on, guys? It's Eric from Beat Creator Productions. Today with me, I have a very, very, very special guest here with me. I have Mint Tran. Mint, say what's up. Hey, guys. What's going on? Alrighty, <laughs> I, I don't even say more, but oh. that's perfect. You're, he's, a, he's a simple man with uh, simple needs and wants. But today <clears throat> we have uh, some Baza Corona in front of us. I believe that is your favorite beer, if I'm not mistaken. It is. It's number one, and then it'll be Heineken. Uh, before we start the podcast, I appreciate you having me on here. Of Got me some Heineken, um, some wine throwback to mm-hmm. one of our early stages of recording a podcast. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So sometimes a little tipsy is um, the best way to go when it comes to shooting You know, podcast. I'm really glad that you mentioned that because studies have shown the reason why talk shows happen at night is because people tend to open up more. Like um, when they're a bit tired, when mm-hmm. like the sun isn't out, you know, they're, they're kind of more laid back. They yeah. kind of let their guard down. So that's why like a lot of celebrities like always slip up and say something that they didn't mean to say, something sexual. A lot of cases mm. like the spoilers of a movie that they just filmed. Mm. There's so many cases about that. And that's why a lot of talk shows are at night. You don't really see talk shows in daytime. Like you'll never right. see Conan O'Brien, Jimmy Fallon, Jimmy Kimmel, yeah. Yeah. James mm-hmm. Corden. They're all labeled what? The late show? James Corden yeah. is the late, late show. Um, but yeah, like, obviously they can't really drink live or on set um but who knows like like i i always hear stories about celebrities like always drinking a little bit before like in like the the break room before they get on tv Mm -hmm. just so the hosts can squeeze out some truth out of them even more Mm. very dangerous thing so i am not trying to squeeze anything out of you so don't worry uh i think i've known you for a while so i don't think there's really much left to squeeze out there no we'll we'll be covering yeah <laughs> we'll, we'll be covering um, some uh some great things on this podcast maybe mm. not a lot of squeezing but a lot of uh stop uh, let's, let's reminders. Just stop using the word squeeze all right let's stop let's, stop using the word um, let's use uh yeah let's just move on from let's speci- move on yeah from from squeeze. but no um you know, we're not a lot of like things in regards of like what you don't know, but maybe if just reminders yeah. and just kind of going over yeah. some past stuff because I mean, it's only the second month of the year, right? You know, I know so. it's crazy because, um, we met in eighth grade. I actually moved into uh, your district, yeah, eighth grade, and it was a terrible year to move into, in my personal opinion. Why? Because it's the last year of middle school, yeah, all of you guys know each other after hanging out sixth and seventh grade. I was ugly as shit coming in. I had an afro. My glasses were too small for my big ass face. Um, I wore like a button-up polo with like and one shorts. Oh man, puma shoes. I was a I was literally a fob, like God, fresh man. off the boat type of foreigner. And I saw you. I literally thought you were black because I've never oh. seen such a dark. <laughs> you were dark. You were a whole other breed. It was um, very back dark then. And um. Um, I only talked to you because I think you were on a, the different team because Paxson did it in uh, Greek right. How Where I went to Haverford, we did it by endangered species. Mm. So sixth grade, I was an Atlantic falcon. Seventh grade, I was a giant panda, which was racist as shit. <laughs> no, I was a giant panda. All the Asians were in the giant panda. And guess what our color shirts were? Like when we got our shirts, yellow. Yellow. It was yellow. The Peregrine oh. falcons were blue and the Bengal tigers were like 
orange, which is fucking sick, but I got a giant panda. Anyway, I came to Paxton expecting the same thing, but then they tell me, oh, you're Epsilon. I'm like, what the fuck is an Epsilon? Yeah. And I look it up. It's, it's the Greek letter for E. I'm like, I'm E? Yeah, I'm surprised you remember. I don't remember um, what group I was in, but... You were probably in Gamma because yeah. we had no classes together. We didn't have like lunch yeah. together. I don't think we had gym together. We've met. I'll let you kind of explain. How did we really meet? We didn't meet in school. Where did we meet? Uh, to to my understanding, we met. I think it was like the local park playing football or something like that. We got like all invited, you know, to to play football. Um, so we we it was many more of us that came. We actually just you know uh, saw Jamie who he brought it up to me because he saw Garrett who was like one of the people that also got invited to oh, play with us. Garrett um and garrett's like dude like we gotta we gotta get some football going i'm like we're too old for it now like (laughs) some of y'all like got way too big for your own good Uh i'm not trying to get tackled and squashed by any of y'all but yeah like like you said football you know how you know how people are they see two asian people we're on opposite teams yeah asian first asian yeah like i remember like i thought i was gonna get cooked because you you came in with like a penn state football jersey i remember yeah. i remember yeah. it was one of those like, like practice or something i was yeah. like what is this I'm gonna, practice. Get, I'm gonna get wrecked but then when you start running i'm like he's just as unathletic <laughs> as me so uh, i'm chilling yeah no I, I wore some like practice jersey that i found like i don't know where i got it from you, some Penn State you probably it was probably a hand-me-down because your family yeah. is so fucking large it was probably a hand-me-down or i probably bought it like off oh it's probably like from a thrift store or something oh, were you thrifting back then what? too i, I mean Kinda? that's the only way i can think about having that nobody right. else in my family you know would have it i don't even right. know honestly no nah, i mean like uh we really got close i want to say freshman year my, my my vision is kind of blurry my memory is kind of faded but I think we connected through Grant, if I believe, because we kind of lived like a mile from each other. Yeah, I don't exactly remember the first day mm-hmm. we met in regards to not, like what we know. like you know said, but I remember we did start you know playing basketball. You know, kind of stepped away from football mm-hmm. because it was really difficult to get fucking like I don't know if I curse on here. No, it's it's a kill. Cool, oh, okay. We just label it as explicit. Okay, cool. awesome. Um, you know, again. 11 plus people out there is freaking difficult especially with a bunch of middle schools uh-huh. schoolers like it's just or yeah. uh, going in high school so we switch and transition to basketball which i don't remember the first day we played basketball together but i can remember grant definitely was like the person that yeah. put us together in regards to like knowing each other yeah 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 um but yeah I, I think i think garrett's one that invited me to football that that too invited for sure me. garrett was definitely a hockey yeah. uh football guy he's he was a very american yeah delco delco kid um but yeah so that brings me to my next point basketball obviously within our entire relationship together i think we've known each other for eighth ninth ten eleven twelve at four years dude we're actually coming up to like nine ten years yeah, which is other. pretty crazy though. It's very crazy, and living with you for exactly a year now. Yeah, well, one year. I think, one year is coming up uh, in twelve days. Is it what? What day do you have it as? We moved in here uh-huh. February thirteenth. Oh, thirteenth. I moved thought it was the tenth. Nope. But I guess all right. So three days. So that's like sign the lease. Like moved in. Like we like I looked at the pictures that John took of us yeah. when we got the keys and like we were literally standing on like standing in this kitchen. Yeah. Dates back to the thirteenth. Oh, okay. I was probably thinking about the day that we signed the papers yeah, yeah. of the lease. Yeah, that's definitely definitely the tenth. Um but yeah, going back to that, basketball was a huge, huge thing within our life. Like not just 
putting the ball in the basket, but the culture behind it. We yeah. had, you know, we always argue about who the best NBA player was. We had that typical conversation of who was the GOAT, whether it's LeBron or Michael Jordan. In yeah. my opinion, it's uh, LeBron. But anyway, um, uh, have we talked about how I actually liked Stephen Curry yeah. before Stephen Curry went off. Like, I liked him because he was, you know, a Christian guy, mm. underrated, skinny and scrawny like how I was, undersized. Um just the way he played the game and just the way, like, how far he was able to shoot. Mm. And I felt kind of some, uh, like, you know, some empathy for him because, as you may know, he had, like, three really bad ankle sprains. Yeah. That, and, he, and he missed out literally half of his first four years. Yeah. That's crazy on some ankle sprain. So, yeah. I, I, I guess, like, so for yeah, me. So, yeah, he had the nickname Glass Ankles, and that's yeah. why he wears two ankle sprains yeah. every single game. Yeah. Yeah, but... If you don't mind me asking, like, what got you into basketball, and what were your impressions of me when we first played together? Um, sure. So, honestly, when I went to Marple, where we kind of like, or wherever we were at, I don't know if I was able to say that in you know exclusive locations, but it's fine. Um, we went to high school, but before that, I got into basketball from just living in like. I wouldn't say like the city, but it was like a suburb, a very low class suburbs. Um, everybody was making under maybe like thirty grand a year in regards to like where I was living. Everyone so it wasn't was like hustling. you know mm-hmm. uh, the the household that you want to like genuinely grow up. But you know, I had a great time. I tried out for basketball years before, every year that there was an opportunity to try out. I tried out. Um, but you can sense in regards of like who I was compared to everybody else <laughs> that I was trying out with. So I didn't make it. Um, but when I went to, to Marple, tried it again, didn't make it at all. I think that the big thing that got me into basketball was just like me wanting to do stuff. Dude, like I just had a huge thought. Just like I, I did everything physical like back then when I was in school. Right. I used to like stay after school and skateboarded. Like like you probably never knew this, but I used to fucking no, I didn't yeah, know. I used to skateboard a little bit. Um, with, you know, a couple people that were there, not anything huh. serious, but I just always like to stay physical, mm-hmm. um, or active, sorry, as terms I should have used. Um, but I don't, I, I never, I don't remember the first time I touched the basketball. I don't remember when I was introduced in the sense of like, Hey, here's basketball. I don't, I don't really remember. Oh. Um, but I mean, went to Marple, started trying out. Honestly, if you remember this freaking clear, it was one of the current basketball coaches. He was like, Hey man, like. This is what you got to do. Everybody else doing it. Everybody in our school, you know, like, you know, people that do play different sports, they all tried out for the, I think it was sixth or seventh grade. I got there, at, I think sixth grade that I got there. It's like, all right, back and forth, behind the back, between the leg, like dribble. You don't have to shoot, no nothing, just dribble. I remember going behind the back and the ball would just slide because I couldn't control it. Um, I didn't know how to do it. Just, so I didn't know how to dribble. It. Yeah. yeah, I just didn't know how to dribble. Um, I remember clearly, you know, the, the specific coach at times, hey, go up with your left hand and, and, and connect your, your leg with it. And I couldn't. Just imagine my scrawny ass just freaking running down trying to do a layup. I that's, get off like two hard. inches off. Trying to have a sixth grader do a, like an like a opposite hand layup. Yeah. It's hard. That's a lot of expectation. And, and connecting with the same leg, that's right? But saying. the thing is I'm looking at all these other kids that that grew up kind of around there they're doing it with ease so i'm just running around like five i think i was like five foot six at the time super small super scrawny i was getting wrecked like i i didn't mm. not wreck when we played games i wouldn't i mean that too but like i couldn't even do anything my skill set was not even there right right which is brings us to like to where we we, we kind of played for two three years 
and that right there, like that, that changed everything. Right. Skill set, the way I looked at the game, the way I, sh- you know, shoot the ball, like everything. And yeah. I, I don't know if that's the same for you. Um, I but that's the transition point. Right. Where I was like, we Holy definitely crap. approached it differently. Um, I, I exactly remember the first time I like held a basketball and everything. Mm. Uh, I don't know if I told you this, but you know, when my mom and dad worked together, they, you know, they fought a lot. You know, that mm. eventually led to them um, having a divorce. But, you know, we lived in an apartment, so I could hear everything. I could, you know, I could see everything. And a lot of times I didn't want to see that at all because yeah. it, it would become very hostile. So I remember my mom saying, you know, hey, I got this ball from like five below. Like them really like cheap outdoor balls. Mm. And she's like, five dollars. Yeah, there's like yeah. a park. You could walk there or like, you know, I'll ask if you can use the neighbor's like basketball room to shoot yeah and i just i had nothing else to do i didn't want to hear i didn't want to see nothing i can't play soccer by myself because you can't because if you kick it you gotta go get it you might as well go on a treadmill for that but for basketball i it was me the ball in the rim and the goal is very simple put the ball in the basket as creatively and as far as you can and that's literally how i got into it. it became a therapeutic thing for me and then Byron moved in. Oh, right. I forgot you guys lived in right. the same apartment And Byron conference. moved in. If you guys don't know who Byron is, you can check episode nine, I believe. It's labeled Till Valhalla, and we kind of talk about our childhood there as well. Um, but yeah, he moved in. He's all about basketball because he came from the city. Mm. So he was trying to teach me some moves. He, taught, he kind of taught me like the sauce of everything, the, the flair of like, you know, a Philly basketball player. Mm. Um, so shout out to him. If you're listening to this, Byron, I love you, bro. I don't even know he grew up in the city and stuff like that. Damn. Yeah. So he was always taller than me. He was always stronger than me. So he was kind of like my person to beat. Yeah. You know, and that's where I guess my defense kind of comes from. Because if you can probably testify, my defense is pretty good for. Yeah. For, you know, for a skinnier, smaller guy. Yeah. Um, it's because I was guarding a taller, stronger guy, like my entire youth. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I uh, moved to Marple. I was too scared to try out. Mm. I was scared. Um, I didn't know anyone. So I thought if I tried out, my nervousness would take the best out of me mm. and everyone would make fun of me. And I would have no chance. Yeah. Like, I have a small chance of making friends. But if I embarrass myself in front of all the popular guys and all the popular kids, I would have no friends. I would be a loser for the rest of my life, the rest of middle school, and probably the next four years of high school. That's how I thought. Right. That's why I never tried out. Freshman year, I said, fuck it. I'm going to go balls deep. I'm going to try. I was terrible. I remember we were playing um, five on five basketball. And that was probably like the first time I played five on five basketball. But before you continue, what what got you to be like, hey, let's let let's try out this year? Was it like, okay, cool, I'm going from middle school to high school? Right. Was it the coach? Was it the players? Now are different. I'll like, tell you what. It wasn't the coach. It wasn't the players. Like I said before, I didn't know anyone. Um, but Byron was trying out for the freshman team and had it for high school. <laughs> yeah. I was like, all right, you know, it's a dream, you know, to play against you, mm. Haverford versus Marple. Let's make it happen. We could definitely do yeah. it. Boy, was I wrong. We <laughs> both got cut. Yeah. We both got cut. I was surprised that Byron got cut. Yeah. But I completely understood why I got cut. Um, the coach, I forget his name. It was like, he looked like a parrot. I forget <laughs> what his name was. He was like a smaller, that coach, shaved, shaved head. Um, smaller. He has a son. 
I don't know. He no. probably does. I don't know. Oh. He looks Italian. I don't know. Anyway, he, he came up to me just like, you're not good enough. You're not ready to play basketball. You should try another sport, maybe soccer, because you're quick. Yeah. I was like, damn, that's fucked up. Like, yeah, you can say he was <laughs> being real, real but you don't ever tell a developing teenager yeah. that they're not good enough. Because yeah. I'll be honest with you, I was told I was never good enough by my dad all yeah. of the time. So that was the last thing I went to hear. So I decided to work my ass off. I believe really, that's when you and I started working really, really hard. Yeah. Um, was it was it that year or was it sophomore year and junior year that we like freaking grinded? It was. It was like I remember one freaking summer, bro. It like, was the summer going into sophomore year where you called me. Oh, okay. Saying that you couldn't try out sophomore year. The sophomore year, I'm like, dude, why? Yeah. And what? And tell me, tell me your side of the story. Yeah. So if you remember why? No, I, I remember freaking clearly. I think I, I brought it up to my dad about playing, mm-hmm. and you know, I I was it was I, I what what my dad used to do is like if there's any important paper, you just leave it there or come home from work and he'll sign it. Right. Right. So I left it there and I woke up in the morning. I'm like, bro, why isn't this signed? Like, come on, I gotta hand it in. So I went to school, didn't hand it in. It wasn't like like due date, whatever. But I went home. And he was sitting there. I'm like, well, can you sign this paper? I'm trying to try out for basketball. He's like, no, I'm not I'm not going to let you play. Like, there's no point. You're not going to make it. What the hell is the point of trying out? Mm-hmm. Go do something else. Stay home. Stuff like that. Um, so when he left for work, I kid you not, went to my mom's room. I just – I told her, like, hey, mom, I really – she was sleeping. I was like, I, I really want to try out. That's a mistake, waking yeah. up a sleeping Asian mom. Mom, yeah. Why? Um, <laughs> at the time, like I was just thinking, just like desperate. I just need to get this paper signed at right. all costs because one, mm-hmm. we spoke about it, um, and then two, I'm like, like I, I'm, I'm trying to tell myself, like that's why, like honestly, like growing up, I, I always. Like where we're at right now, I love and I'm so grateful for because of the freedom. Like I don't need anybody to sign the papers for me, right? Mm-hmm. And a lot of people are at the age that we were where we had parents that need to do certain things. Listen, time flies. You know, you'll get to the point where you don't have to – you kind of have your parents there. But I went to my mom's. I was crying, blah, blah, all that type of stuff. And I went downstairs into the basement. That's when I called you. And that's when we talked on the phone. Oh, yeah. I was in my room and then I went out to the couch and you were just, we were just, we had a full on conversation, but we were crying. Oh we were some gosh. emotional motherfuckers back then. We, it's because oh. we put so much yeah. effort into it. Like we, we, we took, we took it to heart when yeah. the coach said we weren't good enough. You know, I honestly don't remember how you performed, but like I remember it impacted both of us very, very like strongly. Yeah. And I, I also remember this clear as day, like. You said you were sorry, you know, like what got me to cry was when you said, I hope you make it, yeah. you know, I hope you play well and, uh, you know, just ball out for me, you know, I'll cheer you on the stands. That's when I started losing it. That's why I said, no, Damn. We, we, you have to try out. And then I remember saying like, oh, it was our dream. And I remember like just think about like, us like side by side on the court. Yeah. That's what we worked for. And then you started crying and you crying made me want to cry. Oh man, it was a very emotional I, night and to be honest bro like, i don't remember, i don't remember who signed the papers i don't know if i forged it <laughs> you probably forged it uh, what was i doing like what the hell was i like i don't know what the hell bro mm-hmm. um and and to me i was just like let's i, I don't know if i forged to say i'm not even gonna sit here and say if i remember i really don't 
Um, but I end up the actually point is you got shot. it somehow. Yeah. So somehow, some way, right. through perseverance and freaking determination and a no phone call and, and, and just freaking crossing fingers and maybe a little bit of crying, like, you know, that got yeah. me through to getting that paper signed. Uh, to try out. That was that was probably one of our most iconic uh, moments in our relationship, personally. Yeah. Like I never had experience like that with Zane or Nor. Yeah. Or even JC. I had a moment with Mustafa, but you know that's for another that's for another day. Um, but yeah, man, like that was a very very strong moment, and I was like, dude, after we had that phone call, I'm like, we're making it. <laughs> Yo, we got cut again. Uh, we got cut again. Yeah, I don't remember what I told my parents when we got cut. Um, I was too ashamed to tell my parents. I told her there was like another week of tryouts, and I I told that I told my mom that the night where I got cut because I I didn't want because I she knew how hard we worked because you know she liked you and she yeah. liked you because you know we always pushed each other but like damn I was I was I was ashamed. I was ashamed. And I remember that summer. Summer going into junior year. That's when we were running up those hills. Yeah. Um, that's how we got in a fight on the court. Yeah. Like, we were playing 21. I feel like we both had a chip on our shoulder. Yeah. We both wanted to get better. And I think, like, I think you fouled me because, like, my glasses fell off and I got yeah. mad. So I pushed you. Yeah. And then you came up to my face saying, don't ever fucking touch me. Don't push me. And I remember I got mad because Grant was laughing. Yeah, that's something Grant would do. Maybe Grant was right to laugh. Maybe it was funny that we, as brothers, were arguing. Yeah, Grant was doing the right thing. Because I thought I thought Grant was a dick this entire time, like during that moment. Yeah, but maybe Grant was right. You know, that's why I love Grant so much. Grant, if you're listening to this man, because he would be like laughing to times where it's just like it's just you can't forget my man's Grant is there. like I said, you can't hate them, you man. Can't, there you are can't. people in your life where you don't. And we we underrate we we actually this is crazy. But when we used to play twenty one, Grant would win a lot. Always, he would have <laughs> and, he would have the least amount of skills. Yeah, at least he has no reason to prove a point. Right, he but didn't he care. ends up winning every fucking game, like to the point where he was just winning. Where we, at one point you were like, "Dude, this team is lucky." He was doing. Sh- I mean, I it's, think it's my cool. anger management came from you know, Grant winning. Dude, all the time. like it was just, it was funny. Like, but it, yeah, you know, it helped us kind of get better because we had a third person, not just us. You know, playing twenty one was a great thing. Like the free throws, like after we win, oh, so dude, man. that that stuff like plays. You know, it it helps a lot. But no, like shout out to Grant though. We 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 can't be forgetting my man Grant with this basketball story because he's he was there. Not like, gonna lie, if if we play twenty one again, Grant would. Probably not win as much, but he'll definitely get some buckets. Yeah, he'll. I mean, he'll 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 get after it. But I don't know how how you know, Grant. You're probably rusty right now, but Grant gets rusty. Yeah, but, but I mean, I love Grant. It, it was a great, great, great time, and I think that I I give that time. I don't know if it it, it was a summer, but to me, it was like years of like building mm-hmm. and continue. So many things trial and error to get right. to that point. But last one year, we just freaking took massive action right. to get better. And, mm-hmm. you know, we worked our ass yeah. like Aziz. Shout out to Aziz. Yeah. Aziz was there a couple of times, you know, because he was new, you know, yeah. but he was already good. But, like, I feel like he also had a chip on his shoulder. He has yeah. something to prove. Like, he's a new kid. Every and, new kid has something and, to prove. And we were there so much that kids in our school would go by that, like, not even to play, but just to drive by. And, like, dude, these kids are there every single day to the I point know. where we were known as, like, the those squad, kids at yeah. the Ardmore squad. 
Yeah. Like we didn't we didn't have anything in regards of like, yo, this is our park or this is what we do. We it just was, showed up. Not gonna lie, it was actually a shitty park. It like, was if you think about this the structure and the of construction the park, yeah. of it. The court was literally like the full court of Armour Park was probably less than the half court of a full court. Yeah. There were no three point lines. If there were three point lines, they would be didn't we draw three point lines one time? Like, didn't we do no, that? No, actually, magically, there was someone who got chalk and drew it. It oh. might have been us. I don't know, but I remember there was just magically there was chalk at one point. And not gonna lie, it was the most inaccurate three. It was very ever. inaccurate. Like, the corners were far and, as shit, and there were double rim. So oh. like, which also, I mean, shit, that stuff helps. That, because, that's why we became elite. Okay. I think yeah. we're better than like in a, if we go to LA Fitness. I think we're better than a, like a typical like LA Fitness player. We're, we're, we're way above yeah, like, average. No, we're shooting-wise, like, we're fucking up there because fuck it, the bro. Shout-out to that double rim. That should be annoying sometimes. But if, to Grant, that should be cash. Like, yeah, he just, I, he'd um, be just that, throwing it that up. left corner. It's that left corner. Yeah. Uh, Hand in the face. I'll yeah. block the hell out of it. It'll still find the bottom of the net. That, would, that was it. Um, but, yeah, no, new, new armor is a spot. But I think the big lesson, and anybody listening to this, is like, we didn't get out there and say like, yo, we worked hard or hey, yo, this is our park. Like we show up every day no. and people came and like, you know, because we told people, people started thinking we're that. No, it was the complete opposite. We told nobody. Mm-hmm. We just fucking showed right. up and played basketball every single day right. to the point where people just come down and just visit us sometimes. Like there's some people and, and we just continue balling. Dude, Keep don't going. Don't forget, when we went Bro. up to Gable. Yeah. They're like, yo, Armour versus Gable. Yeah, that was it too. And, and so, they oh, always it, it, wanted to bully us. Yeah. I don't know why. I think we were the underdogs, but not gonna lie, we won a we won a lot of games. Yeah. Gable Plus squad. they they came to New Armour Park to play us at the yeah, They were trying Park. to take over the court. That's what I'm saying. They're trying to play this at home. Our, this is our fucking was, court. Yeah, man. There was some great memories. But it was all good. It, it all led to us, you know. Obviously, um, you know, being who we are, developing the skill that we have. Right. Um but yeah, man, all that stuff. Now, like, this is what this is what makes me drive to to freaking do so many great things nowadays. Because knowing and looking back and like this, just this podcast in general, you realize how much in the past, at the time that you complain for, that end up actually helping you. So imagine how many things you complain for right now, or actually think that's like against you, that it actually is positive because it's teaching you something. Like the double rim. If we didn't have double rim, I don't know if it would be the you know obviously with the amount of reps we put in, maybe, but. That helped us. Oh, yeah. You know, playing outside in New Armour and, fuck, like, showed up every freaking – that helped us, you know. That hill. You can't forget about the hill. Dude, you can't forget about the hill. The amount of trolley horses I've had Bro. going up that oh, hill. Oh, my God, man. Dude, we played in 99-degree weather. If yeah. you asked me to play outside in, like, the summer weather, I would say, dude, there's an LA Fitness right across That's the what house. I'm saying. Why would I go? We never – then yeah. in high school, we were like, dude, 99, it's beautiful out. Yeah. Of course. Just bring a lot of water. Or Grant, could you bring water? Yeah, Grant, can Grant, we? Can yo, you that was it. He used no. to get annoyed, but Grant would have to bring water, and we would play. And we would like, he'd be only bringing a couple cold ones because that's all he has in the fridge. I'm like, Grant, can I, can yeah. I, can I, you know, can I fountain this? Yeah. He's like, no, fountain this, and it'll be like, <laughs> like this half like, drinking like a water. Ninety nine degree water. Um, but it it it's great to 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 kind of look back and understand like so many. For me, I look at like the lessons that I learned because. I literally give everything that's happening today and, and right now to basketball. Like it's all because of the basketball stories. I, I if you're listening to this and you think all basketball players or all athletes in general are just like jockhead and dumb, yeah, I'm be real with you. There are many. 
there are many dumb jock as an athlete. That's why you see all these athletes spending millions of dollars on bullshit. Yeah. But if you if you meet the right athletes, you will find the most social, the most compatible, the most experienced, the most hurt, the most uh, changed people in your life. Yeah. Like, don't forget, there are like Harvard alumni and 4.0 GPA athletes playing professionally. Yeah. And, you know, I just want to break that barrier. I'm not saying I'm a genius. I'm not saying I was a pro. Um, but me speaking to many people, I can testify saying you're going to meet some amazing, great people. Yeah. And but let's, let's, let's break the Cinderella story. Did we ever play together on a high school basketball team? Or in team in general? In no, team we, general, we no. did not. We did but not play. what happened junior year for you? So for me, junior year, um, I ended up actually making the team. Um, long story short. And I did not. Yeah, so Eric actually ended up not. Don't I, I think you do? What was the story behind why you didn't make it? I think Coach, I think yeah. it was Spratt. Did Spratt talk Hulk. to you? Hulk. It was Hulk. Okay, Coach Hulk. Coach Hulk said, Hey, you have a great shot. You are very quick. You know, I, I see, you know, I see you becoming an elite shooter. Yeah. You just can't finish. I feel your defense is lacking. And most importantly, you are really old. If you were a sophomore, I would have taken you and I would have developed you into a amazing senior. But since you're a junior, I just don't see myself developing you further. And I remember you telling me this and I was just like, wait a minute. Because for me personally, I, I don't remember any of the tryouts. So to be completely honest with you, I don't. Like mm-hmm. in regards to like what we did, who did it, like what right. did Spratt have us do, stuff like that. I don't remember at all. Mm-hmm. So in, in regards of like what he meant. I think for me personally, and this is a huge lesson, and, and I feel like it, it helps me like genuinely get on the basketball team. But besides working really hard, like I would never ever put my you know effort of working hard in into the equation of why I made the team. But a lot of it goes into who you know, because there are some people on that team who wasn't even that good, right? Even if they're younger, like they're gonna develop the team to win. Right. I didn't want to say right? it. I didn't want to be that guy that's like I'm better than like half of these kids anyway. You know, because I, I did believe that at one point. But but then again, like, I didn't want to say because I was a victim. You know, it doesn't look good for the victim to accuse, you know. Um, but, yeah, Coach Hauk just said I was old. Yeah, I don't even know. Was Hauk the JV coach? Hauk was a JV coach at the time. And I think. Because then I got coached by Hauk. Mm-hmm. I don't remember getting coached by Hauk, though. I think Hauk then stepped down from basketball. I think oh. he became the freshman coach in basketball. And I think Spratt, that was the weird year where Spratt became coach for JV and varsity, but y'all kind of merged them together. No, no, no. Spratt, no, no, no. It wasn't Spratt. It was. Um, it was an old guy. Yeah, it was that, that, that has the son that, um, that, that played with like us at Open Gym and stuff. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, do, you know, do you remember the son? I forgot, but I, I forgot the coach's name. Oh, uh, Lang? Coach Lang? No, Coach Lang was no, no, that no, year. No, he no, was no, busy no, being no. assistant coach with Sixers. Yeah, not him, not him. Uh, somebody else. Somebody. Long story short, somebody else. Like some some other guy that that was coaching JV. Um, but yeah, I thought he spoke to you, but I guess it was uh, Hulk, and I guess Hulk stepped down. And I think Hulk was a freshman coach. Yeah, he had to have been, or or not coached at all. Like I, mean, I don't no know. matter what, no matter where Hulk went, I remember Hulk telling me. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't remember Hulk having anything to do with mm-hmm. anything that I was like, you know. Right, but long story short, I got cut. 
you know, tell me, tell me how your junior year season season went. So I, when junior year started, JV was like the team that I got added on to be able to play for, start play for. Um, and the first game, uh, actually, freaking, this is how I made varsity. Genuinely, this is how I made varsity. On top of actually showing up, working hard. I genuinely didn't have the skill. If we were to go back to YouTube, you can look up some varsity games recording. I just look like I look I did not belong. My freaking shorts were to my freaking shins. The jersey's way too big for me. And I, it was just not it. It was just not it. But I got on genuinely because and this is just this is just like a story in itself of like making a, a game winning shot in the corner. And then got into the locker room. We were changing. I was changing into uh, just like my stuff in regards of like um, to prepare to sit to watch the varsity. But one thing I, I, I got told and everybody got told before the game, which is like Spratt's going to pick a couple people to, to put on to varsity to sit just in case there's a sub. Right. So I went. I was changing. Open up the door. And, you know, you can tell this is Spratt. Opens up the door. Just throws me the jersey and then just closes it. That's it, right? So I knew, like, I mean, why the fuck would you give me the jersey for the varsity team? You don't mean to, you know, obviously put it on. So put it on. And that's how I got introduced to varsity. And I was playing garbage minutes. Like, you know, a minute left, you know, we're down by 20, we're up by 20, you know, stuff like that. Um, uh, and sometimes I'll get any in here or there, depending on if somebody's in foul trouble, um, just to kind of get warmed up for senior year. Um, and everyone, then, everyone has garbage minute time yeah. with an extra year. And I and I and I think for me personally, that that gave me the view of like what it really takes to play like you know basketball in regards of like team setting. Like I never we never did. We just play open gym. We played with Grant three v three. Uh, you know three, uh, three people playing twenty one. We never really played like yo shot clocks running down. Uh, in regards of like the the we didn't have shot clock back then. But what I mean was like the the, the time's going down. You need to score a bucket. Like what the. You do like I didn't know what the fuck to do. I didn't like know how to play twenty one. Timeout, like right. do are we stalling it? Right. Or are, are you shooting off a certain screen or in plays stuff right. like that? My my envision a lot of people out there who are growing up trying to play basketball. You know they're thinking like, dude, what about all the plays? Like, how do I remember, bro? You will remember. Trust me. If, if you're put into the predicament to continue to practice every day, you'll remember. So don't worry about that. That should not keep you away from trying out or doing anything. First of all, nothing should. I'm gonna be completely honest. Like if if you were to go back now, you would laugh at the person thinking that you shouldn't try it because you feel a certain way, mm-hmm. right? Now everything we do is for experience to learn. Like back then, we didn't we didn't have that mindset. We just did it so we can make the team. Now I'm doing it. Cool. I want an outcome, but man, I'll, I'll be okay with the lesson. But back then, like no, bro. Like we 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 didn't understand that. So that's why we took everything and we 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 tried our best and. A lot. I'm gonna be honest. A lot of our trials came to emotion of just being nervous. I'm like, I really want to make it, and we just make mistakes that other kids on the team right. that made it were there because they know like they're just right. good. Like, you're not gonna and, beat them. And like, and like seriously, man. Like when you got on the team, I was so happy for you. But at the same time, I thought I lost a friend. Yeah. I was like, this is it. He's gonna make new friends. He's not gonna want to talk to me. He doesn't want to associate with a non-JV varsity player. Yeah. Just like a scrappy player that plays MNBA. But I was happy for you, but at the same time, it was like a bittersweet thing. And I'm like, senior year, it's going to be hard to get on the team because I haven't played the other three years of high school. Yeah. But I'm going to try anyway. And I literally thought I made a senior year. Then Coach Spratt said, hey, 
I don't see you on the squad. Damn. That's the first thing you started out with? Yeah. And I'm like, damn. And at that point, I wasn't upset. I was like, all right, I give up on basketball. I give up. I'll play for fun, but I have no purpose of it anymore. Like that, the whole idea of like me playing basketball to to numb the sound of my mom and dad arguing mm. or to prevent the questioning of my existence on this planet of why my parents suck and if I was the cause of their argument. Yeah. It didn't happen. I just, I'm like, I'm, I'm just trying to get the ball in the basket. And I gave up on it. And I, I just decided to just enjoy watching you play uh, high school basketball. Living your dream without me. Yeah. And that was a really hard pill for me to swallow. But I was happy for you, though. Yeah. Um, but No, no I, I definitely, for me, I felt like a disconnect from one our friendship and you know just in general playing with you guys to the point where i won't have time right and, and then on on top of that i'm not really allowed to play outside of what we do in practice due to just like potential injuries so i couldn't even play if i wanted to besides getting into the gym mm-hmm. um but to me personally it was one of those things where i i was like damn like that hurts like yo we couldn't even do it but i was so focused on just freaking doing what i gotta do um and play and take advantage of the moment that i have so i can go back and genuinely tell you like yo like this is the experience like yo this is how the fucking that's how it is when you play organized basketball to 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 give you kind of the experience in your mind for you to be like damn like do i want to experience this shit because honestly like there's gonna become you know there's gonna be times where you you quit on a sense of to you it's quitting in the moment but what it is just putting a pause to something that maybe God or the universe has planned for you in the future, mm-hmm. right? So, for example, like a failed business, maybe people say like, oh, I gave up on that business. No, no, you just failed and put everything to pause because you're working on the next step, which then when that you know gets up, which you can go into in regards to uh, college, you know that resumes what you're trying to do. Dude, nothing is given up. Nothing is over until you're six feet under. Nothing. It doesn't matter if you drop that business or, or you drop this, whatever you're currently doing, your job, it's not done until you're six feet under. So anybody out there who who, who, who wants to give up, stuff like that, I'm not telling you to be six feet under to be fully given up. What I'm trying to tell you is, is the obstacle uh, obstacles that you face, the certain things that you, you kind of come across in a sense of you feel like you it's over, like that's it. Dude, you're freaking... 19, 20 years old saying, I'm done. Done to something that what? Like it was therapeutic, something that helped you when there was so much more, which there was. In your end, like, you know, you experienced something that genuinely with me, I just stopped because I kind of lost the motivation of the game at the end of senior year. Was it because Um, you weren't getting minutes or was it because you kind of outgrew that dream? It was, yeah. So it, it was genuinely eight years of trying out i had one goal it was never playing the nba i never had the goal of playing in the nba like most people would be like people who want to play basketball it was just i want to make the team i really want to make the team right and i did and then i didn't have like the next step because coach Pratt came up to me he's like dude like do you want to play at you know brandywine like i can talk to the coach i can help you out no i went to school for two weeks three weeks but afterwards, I didn't. I came to a conclusion that I just didn't want to play basketball, organized basketball anymore. 
And that's when I kind of shifted away from looking into playing the team. Like I wasn't even entertained to play anymore. Right. Um, and, and I just wanted to play for fun. I got to experience what I grew up and wanted to do. And that was it. Right. And, and, and I got that out of the way. So then I move on to my next thing. Cause basketball to me was more of a lesson period mm-hmm. rather than a lifelong goal. If that makes sense. Right. Right. And, um, I'm glad. I'm glad that you mentioned that because you said basketball will always be like a, an important part in your heart, mm-hmm. and that your work ethic derives from basketball. Yeah. Um. But yeah, let's be real with ourselves. Like we're we're five foot nine, five foot eight. Yeah. Uh, I think we would excel in other things rather than basketball. Correct. Um, but anyways, but yeah, college was a really weird thing for me. I knew one of the basketball captains at Delaware County Community College. His name was Stephen Willis. Shout out to Stephen Willis. He is back in school become, becoming a um, physical therapist, I believe. But um, we always played together at the Haverford YMCA. Um, and he said, oh, you know, you're good, man. Like, you know, why do you try for Delco? I'm like, you want me to try for a, a, a collegiate team? Yeah. I'm like, Steve, I, I didn't play high school basketball. He's like, oh, you know, it doesn't hurt to try. And to be honest, like, I felt special when he said that to me. But then I realized he told that shit to everyone. Because I think he was trying to, like, get as many people to try it as possible to extract the really good ones, I guess. I don't know. Um, but anyways, I didn't try out freshman year. I got scared again. And like I said before, I gave up on it. Yeah. Like, I don't want to feel, I don't want to hear anyone say, no. You're not good. I don't want you. Because I've been hearing that for the past four years. I'm like, yeah. fuck that. I'm not trying to hear that again. So, and then, you know, sophomore year, Byron tears his MCL. Mm. And he wanted to try it for basketball. He's like, oh, you know, I wanted to play. You know, someone told me I could be on the team. I'm like, let me get Steve. He's like, yeah, you know, Steve. I'm like, I, I knew this motherfucker would tell me <laughs> I wanted to try it out. So then, oh, I'm dead, Steve. So then, um, Steve was the one with the, the tattoos. Yeah, I know, yeah. Um, so I said, you know what? When are our tryouts? Is it before Thanksgiving? I'm not doing anything. Let me just try out. Dude, I was not supposed to be on the team. Like, there were so many more athletic, taller, lengthier people. Um, if you guys don't know the tryout story, like, like I was able to see people get cut every single day. And then the first day, coach comes in, Coach Yarbray. Oh, this goes, is huge. He goes, all right, listen, motherfuckers. My name is Coach Larry Yarbray, and you will call me Coach or Sir. That's it. If you call me anything else, you're cut. Over here to my right is Coach, oh, fuck, what's his name? Coach Brown. As you can see, he is a very, very large man. You will not mess with him. You will not talk to us in a disrespectful manner. You will call us sir or coach, and that is that. You will file the play and execute them, or I will cut you. All righty. I went outside. What? Like, I was ready. I was smart. I wore shorts, shirt, and running shoes. And I had a basketball shoes in my backpack, just in case, because it's a mm. basketball trial. Some people came in with jeans, khakis, uh, distressed jeans, I can see that. You name it. Yeah. And then all of a sudden he goes, run. And then, as you may know, some people sprinted around the school. Came back. (laughs) 
You done? You done? Are you done? Yeah. All right. You, 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 cut. I was like, huh? I hear that. And I'm like, oh, let me just keep running. Keep running until I say stop. We ran from 3 p.m. to 9 p.m. <laughs> Six hours. Next day. Some people didn't even show up because they thought they would run again. So before you move on, what the hell were you thinking running for six hours though? There's got to be something in that like six hours. Dude, I would. I want to give you a cool answer. I want to be like, man, I, I locked in. You know, I was, I was in the zone. No, fuck that. I was trying to go home. I was like, at this point, I could have ran home, come back, eat something, and ran back home. <laughs> you know, but I was like, all right, I'm gonna run uphill where he can see me. There's some trees over there. I'm gonna walk. A little bit, catch my breath, and then and then jog downhill because it's downhill, so it mm-hmm. shouldn't be that hard. And then just try to push it through. Next day, I'm like, all right, we're gonna play ball now. Nope, we ran again, not not as long, but we came back in. We had to do 25 push-ups, 25 crunches, 30 second break. 25 push-ups, 25 sit-ups, 30 second break. Like you can go 50 or 75 and then get pretty tired. well, right? But after 75, your push-ups look like you're fucking the ground. Yeah. Like my dick touching the ground probably felt the best thing within the past two days. And the crunches, I was half-assing it. Like I was like, I low-key like when I went halfway up, I like pulled on my kneecaps. To get back up. Because like, dude, my, my fucking right side was cramping and everything. Yeah. It's terrible. And we did we did at least a thousand of those that week. Yeah. You know? Third day, more running, but then we came back, did lifting. So I realized how weak I was when I couldn't bench the bar. Yo. I couldn't bench the bar in college. (laughs) Okay. I'm not saying I'm any better. I could, I don't know if I can bench my own weight, but I can bench more than a bar. Yeah. You know, Um, but damn, that was embarrassing. And it didn't look good because the coach came over. He's just like, "Uh, you're struggling there, boy. You're struggling there, boy. You think you play college basketball? You think you could bump into people? And he's like, starts pushing me and starts like punching me while I'm doing the, the. I'm like, dude, this is different from high school basketball tryouts. Very. I'm like, what the fuck is this? Yeah. I, don't, I mean, I, I it's JUCO, but again, I'm like, oh, this is junior college or Division three. It can't be that hard. Yeah. Dude, it was like boot camp. We didn't touch a basketball until a week later. Damn. And at that point. I forget, I forget the exact number, but we were down to like like 30 people trying out. Yeah. Imagine the amount of people he cut every single day. Yeah. Some people try to come back. They skip the day. They come back. Coach is like, nope, I recognize you. I don't want your ass. Get out. <laughs> but I already handed them my physical. I paid 50 bucks for it out of pocket. He's like, get it. <laughs> he's, like, he's like, get medical insurance, my boy. You got to get your life together. You think you can play college basketball if you don't even have your life together? Like, Cole Jarvis was a savage. Yeah. Um, uh, and then we touched the basketball. And then, like I, I told you before recently, like, I was on a roll that day. Yeah. Like, that week, I, it was a hot week. Everything I threw up, cash. I think I, I think I banked a corner three. Like it was one of those oh, days. Long, oh, you know it's it damn well your freaking time when you yeah, bank like, a three. Yeah, like we. I was put. Luckily, I was put in a squad with a starting center, mm-hmm. right, and Javon, uh, who never really got to play that year, but he's playing this year and is one of the league's leading scores now. Oh, nice. So you can you kind of tell how good of a player he was. Yeah, I think he's averaging twenty in the league, which is great. That's good. So shout out to him. Um, but him and I were in the same squad. 
along with uh, Sean Mendez, who was the center. Yeah. We were unstoppable. Javon, drive in, kick out to me, three-pointer. Sean, screen, kick out to me, corner, pump fake, drive in, pass to Javon. Javon drives in, kicks it out to, no, drops it off to Sean. Sean dunks it back on defense. Javon steals the ball, passes it out to me. Pump fake, goes in, up and under the layup. Repeat. We were unstoppable. It was to the point where they separated the three of us. Yeah. Because we were, like, scoring effortlessly. And then I was diving for the loose ball. I don't know what got in my head, but I feel like all the years and all the hours of hard work that you and I did and, you know, also Grant and just rejection from high school just sparked the flame inside of me for college. At the right time. At the right time. You know, if it was an off day, I probably would not have made it. Yeah. So coach came up to me during cuts. He said, I may be making a mistake getting you on the team. I still don't know if I want you on the team, but goddamn, <laughs> you are the hardest working individual. Yeah. You proved everyone wrong. Your defense is pretty good. Your shot's pretty good. We're going to have to work on that. And, and uh, yeah, you said you play high school basketball? I said, Coach, I'm going to be real with you. I didn't play high school basketball. He's like, yeah, I know. I called Coach from Marple. He said you were a good shooter, and that's that. <laughs> and I was like, damn. He so called he, So he knew. He called He knew that yeah. I didn't play high school basketball. So he took a shot on me. Yeah. You know? But that's why him and I always had a great relationship. Um, but long story short, you know, my college career wasn't impressive. Yeah. I didn't start at all nor did I play many minutes in the first half of the season. But the relationships I created, the the plays that I've acquired, and the shot that I have now is thanks to the coaching staff. Yeah. Because I shot, I had a two-motion shot before college. It was bad. Yeah. Like my, my stance was wide. My elbow was up to my fucking uh, forehead. And I flared my elbows out. Yeah. But now, remember, it was exactly the crack. The crack was when I was playing college basketball. And remember that one game where we won those five-on-five games with me, you, Grant, Hermes. And Moose. And Moose. I guess those other guys. Yeah. Remember I was shooting differently? Yeah. That was it. The one motion. Yeah. And and I think a huge thing in regards of like why and, and this is both of us on a sense like for varsity i start a couple I, I actually start a good majority of the season until um i think alden came back and i just kind of lost it towards the end I, I was just doing stuff i should not have done towards the end of the, the school year but i think a big reason and this is something that i realized now this is a huge thing and if anybody listening to this right now and they're setting goals dude because our goal was just to play fucking ball for a team that was our number one goal right that was it we have never mentioned to each other, hey, yo, I want to be able to average 15 points a game, 10 assists, and four rebounds. Never have we sat down and said, yo, this is what I want to do statistic-wise. No, we didn't. We didn't. All we wanted to do is just make the team and play. Right. And we both got to do it, but that was it because we didn't set a big enough goal. So now, on top of a big goal, I, I get specific. I get specific because there's many loose ends 
right? In regards of the goal that you're going to reach. Mm-hmm. But if you don't get specific, then you're not going to have What's something to keep. Yeah, literally, yeah. you make the team. What what next? Like many people, they, they continue to grind after they make the team because their, their goal is to win state championship. So like their thing is like, yo, we got to win state. Like making the team is the first step. You know, when Kobe sat down, the guy was like, yo, yo like you're up. Like, why aren't you, why, what's up? Like, why aren't you smiling? He goes, the job is infinite. That's what I'm saying. Great, wonderful quote. Be- because his Kobe. goal wasn't to fucking win the playoff game. His goal wasn't to fucking get into the playoffs. His goal is to fucking win the championship, which is the number one thing you want to do. Yeah, yeah. Right? Agree, yeah. That's one of his goals. Now we realize he wanted to be a Hall of Famer. Mm-hmm. He wanted to do so much. Mm-hmm. Because if you go up to Kobe when he was in high school, he's like, Kobe, what do you want to do? It's not, oh, I want to be in the NBA and I want to win some championships. That man would have answered you. I want to be the fucking man. I want to be uh, a Hall of Famer. I want to be the greatest of all time. Great of all time. Believe it, yeah. And that's why he worked so hard because he had this goal that nobody else had. Right. Because everybody else right now in college, I'm just trying to make the league, Shout, make make yeah. some money. Shout out to Kobe though. Um, yeah. He recently, it's been like his two year anniversary, which is crazy. It started you know, two years. And, uh, you know, since we're talking about basketball, I think we have to bring up Kobe. Yeah. You know, shout out to him. You know, I'm not. I'm gonna be real with you. He wasn't. My go-to guy in terms of like motivating me to play basketball, it was actually Stephen Curry. Yeah. Um, but re- I give respect to where respect is due. Like I've heard stories about him fixing his nose after it was broken, or or the trainer. Or the finger. his finger back, dude, back in like, place. What What makes me fucking love Kobe the most was when he described his fucking work ethic, where yeah. the normal person would get up at eight, work out to ten go to school or whatever the fuck it is and work out twice a day. This man's like, what the fuck? What if you wake up at 4 a.m., work out till 6, go home and eat breakfast, go back and work out from 9 to 10, go home and, and eat lunch, work out from fucking 1 to 2. Like, I'm not being active in the time, but he get four to five workouts at a day. And this man, when he broke that down, I'm like, dude, none of nobody I know works hard. Nobody. If you ain't, and there's a difference between working hard and working hard at your craft. This man knew he wanted to fucking be a legend. He knew he had to put in hours. And you know this playing basketball, bro. You can't fucking train for six hours. You'll be fucking like noodle arms. Yeah. Right? So there's increments. Not like you can sit on a computer now and do six hours of editing or six hours of work, something else. Right? That's different now, right? But this is like fucking shooting the ball. You can't do it for six hours and you're fucking dead. You're going to do more harm than you are going to do, you know, proactive type work. So his work ethic was huge. Like, and that's where I started, like, realizing, like, who Kobe was in the sense of, like, why I like Kobe. I didn't really – I saw – like, what I know Kobe for is two things. He fucking doesn't pass the ball and he works fucking hard. Yeah. Right? That's no, all but, I knew Kobe. But you never hear anyone say, oh, my God, he didn't fucking pass the ball. He was trash. Yeah. Why would he do that? Yes. You hear people go, he didn't pass the ball because, what, he didn't need to. Yeah, he didn't need to. Like, that's absurd yeah. to me. Think name of one player who doesn't pass the ball yeah. and still is able to make up for it. Yeah. Like, and actually win championships. And actually win championships. Because, I mean, if you look at it, there are some players that are decently good. And, and they, and they hog the ball. Let's say yeah. <clears throat> James Harden. Yes. Championships. Let's let's count how many championships he has. Yeah. Uh, Nothing against James, though. So, Nothing against James. Top He's a great player. player but it, it just kind of shows you, like... Dude, nobody will ever work harder than than. Sometimes I even ask myself, like, do I want what I what I have, like, what my goal is as much as Kobe does? Like, just think about it. Do you want whatever you want right now in, in terms of goals as bad as Kobe wanted to be a fucking Hall of Famer? What kind of gets me through the day sometimes, if I'm having a hard day, especially, is you know I believe in like when when someone dies, their spirit 
kind of touches on everyone that made a connection to that person when they were alive. Yeah. Um, like when Nelson Mandela died, my philosophy changed. I'm mm. like, you know, what good can I do for the people? You know, is there something wrong in society that I can kind of fix in my own way? Yeah. When Kobe died, I'm like, all right, whatever work I do, whatever thing I I try to, um, you know, work on or study on, will Kobe smile? Will Kobe, you know, tap my back mm. or tap my shoulder? Like every time I edit, like not every time, but like whenever I edit, like sometimes I'll be like, Kobe, is this is this good enough? Yeah. Like, do you think I could have done better? And just me answering that question or asking that question, I'm like, Kobe would. Yeah, that's fucking amazing, bro. Because you're picking people with such high standards. Because sometimes we set standards for ourselves, mm-hmm. but to us. You know, like something that I, I have been taught, and it's one of those things where there's a person that I follow. His name is Taylor Welch. Not a lot, he's not like a big famous person, but he's like entrepreneurship wise, he's pretty big. And he taught me kind of the, the the concept of setting standards and then resetting standards on who you become from the standard that you set before. Right. 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 So the fact that you're getting to the level of setting standards at Kobe, like that's huge, because everything you put out is going to be at like that level. Yeah. Because of his work ethic. Yeah. Which is amazing because sometimes like people don't realize like one thing that and I, I kind of put out and is helping me today because I think that's where the, the where we're currently going right now is like <laughs> basketball, where we were, kind of how we grew up and everything that we've built in, in regards of, of, of our story growing up. Now yeah. it's coming to like now. Yeah. Like what we're dealing with on the day to day. Yeah. But before we go into that, if there's three things in regards of like in the past, the, the last – uh, 21 years of your life now experiencing the 22nd, in, in my case, the 23rd. That's kind of how I look at it. Of your life, mm-hmm. like what would you give somebody? Three things where if you're like, yo, if I were to, if you had three fucking things that you can tell your, yourself growing up at any point in your life, what would those three things be? Like when you get the chance to go back and like, yo, these three things, if I knew, right, I would not much of a change. But I would be less of like I would be more calmer. I would tell myself to play with better people. Okay, play that's a number better one. Comp, you know, okay. uh, be be that kind of kind of falls with like uh, surround yourself with like five with like four millionaires, and you'll be the fifth, fifth one. one. Okay, I play with Harvard YMCA like fellow middle schoolers or people younger than me, and I think that kind of hurt me because I developed tendencies that were unattractive to a basketball coach. Right. That's why I tell himself. So number one is play with like better competition. And be I could have done that. You know, yeah. I know the YMCA opens at 5 a.m. And there's always old heads that play basketball, either professionally or like in high school or college. Like, and I, when I went up there for the first couple of times, I'm like, damn, I'm ass at 5v5, yeah. you know, and play more 5v5 rather than half court. Because half court basketball, as you may know, is completely different yeah. from full court basketball. Um, the second thing I would tell them is um, don't ever be comfortable with where you're at. Don't call yourself a shooter because you, you're just going to shoot. Yeah. Work on finishing at the fucking basket. Because yeah. if you accept that you're a shooter and you have a great defender locking down the shot, what do you have? Yeah. What, what are you going to have? Like, oh, I'll make it up on defense. All right. All right. You, you stole the ball. Great. How are you going to score? No. Uh, lastly, 
I would have I would have networked better. I think you know because since you were friends with Matt Peel and like well, the other let, let, let's the team. let's not do the network because the first thing is ideally around that. I need something like where like the third one needs to be something different from people. Oh, sure. Because personally, give me some personal, like in the sense of like you as a I person. I wish growing up in the last twenty one years of your life, like what would you? What would this last one be? If you in can, terms of basketball? No, no, like, just in general. Oh, I was going yeah. towards like basketball. That's why I was like, yo, why are you going towards basketball? Yeah, just uh, in general. But most of the things you brought up did make sense in regards of the life. You know yeah, what I mean? Like yeah, surrounding yeah. yourself with the right people. But this last one, just in general, in the last 21 years, if you had the opportunity, God goes, hey, listen, uh, I will put you at any point in your life to give yourself one advice, this last advice. Right? What would you give yourself in, in regards to this advice? This little talk, what would it be? It's it's hard because I've already like meditated and I've already thought about that question and I already broke it down like the way I am today, my work ethic today because of everything that happened to me. Everything had a reason. Me joining that pyramid scheme yeah. had a reason. It right. wasn't all bad. Yes, I lost five hundred dollars, but it opened me up to entrepreneurship and like passive income and the life beyond a nine to five corporate job, which I was already heading. And I kind of branched off after that. Right. So, how what would you tell yourself? Let's just say that at a point, if, if, if you sign the paper, you pay the money. And what would you tell yourself now, knowing the outcome going into it? What would you tell yourself? It's not to change what happened. It's just more of to like to know. I I, I would just say, just for I anybody wish else, I could have opened my arms out and opened my eyes out more for more entrepreneurial, more independent things. Because I was scared to go into college. I was like, oh, what's everyone doing? Oh, all of my cousins are doing supply chain management. I'm gonna do yeah. supply chain management. And I and I'm like, oh, I found something. I found supply chain management. I'm like, let's stick with it. Oh, what am I doing? I'm doing supply chain management. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't worry about me. I'm doing supply chain management. Oh, uh, new things? I don't know what those are. Like, supply chain management is good. It's good money. You know, yeah. like, it's a great job. And all, a lot of people are doing it. Like, all of my cousins are doing it. I love supply chain management. That's what I'm going to do. I fucking accepted that. Yeah. And I was scared. I wish when I was younger, I opened up my eyes more. Um, I wish I could talk to you more. When you said, like, oh, you know, I'm, like, flipping things. I'm like, And, and, and Spiro was like, oh, I'm fixing up bikes for a price. Like, I wish I had myself wired to doing this, right? And like, oh, that's weird. Yeah. Waste of time. It wasn't yeah. a waste of time because it made you who you are. Yeah. Uh, it made you uh, develop this different hunger yeah. that's hard to develop. Uh, so I was talking about it, to answer your question, finally. Like, here, listen. Um, and this is the fourth thing, I guess. Cut your hair early. I wish I wish I cut my hair earlier. Yeah. I would have looked so much better in all those high school photos. Because you may know, my, my hair wasn't this. Like, if, so, you t- if you told me my hair would look like this in, in a couple of years during high school, I'd be like, dude, I don't have the balls to do that. Yeah. But now I don't care. So you would tell yourself at a younger age or now, if you had an opportunity to go back and be like, yo, cut your fucking hair. And experience what high school My, my high school me would have said no. If I was there in, in person, right, if you had the opportunity me, to go back, I and will do it. literally knock myself out and cut my hair. Okay. Like, so I would literally so, punch so, him. So, so, the little bonus thing is for anybody out there who 
had something that they might fear that other people might judge yeah, for, yeah, you're yeah, telling yeah. them to be like, yo, fucking just do it. Yes. Okay. Yes. Because my life has turned upside down after I cut my hair. But do you think there's a time and place in regards of where you are in your life? And if you cut it when you're in high school compared to cutting it now, would there be two different outcomes at do you want to experience what high school would have had if you cut your hair? Is that yes? Okay. Yes. So um, you're t- okay. I feel like I was always a likable person in high school. Yeah. I never heard any bad things about Eric Choi. Yeah. I've had one of those names where you get to say the first and last name too. Yeah. And I feel like if you heard Eric, Eric Koo. Yeah, Eric Choi. Yeah. Oh, I know Eric Choi. Yeah. I feel like if I cut my hair, I feel like I would have not gotten more respect, but like more meaning. Yeah. my legacy in high, in high school if you ask like if you ask a senior now who eric Choi was like oh he was really good at the violin that's, yeah. that's it yeah that's it i feel like i could have made more of an impact like because you know about me i want to help people i want to create a legacy i want people to remember me i feel like i wish i wish i would i wish i would have cut my hair because you, you've seen it firsthand you were there when you were at the barbershop with me my confidence just soared yeah I didn't care. And then plus, a couple months later, with I, uh, not, like a year later, what? Got a tattoo? Yeah. Right next to my my abnormality. Yeah. You, you Now looking at the real world, I mean, you, what you do on a daily basis in regards of your job and, and outside the agency, you talk to so many different people. You experience, you look, you, you see, you observe. Dude, so many people have things where like if they just put it out there. well a lot of people are different nobody's just i realize that the more people i used to uh, i talk with right i'm like an in, introvert slash extrovert like i if you're telling me i can make a million dollars and not have to talk to a single soul i would probably go right but i also part of me goes like i kind of want to talk to people and do stuff right mm-hmm. So for, for, for me personally, that's the big question. It's like, dude, if somebody was in high school right now, they had like something that they don't want to share, mm-hmm. right? You're telling them like, yo, like if I can go back, like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fucking do it. I'm going to cut my fucking hair. And, 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 and be able to experience what that is that I want. Like in regards of like what, what's going to happen. What, what, what exactly are you asking again? In the sense of if this the fourth bonus thing, which is like uh, if because there's many people out there right now, and you 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 seem to knock it on the head every time you talk about not trying out because you're scared, mm-hmm. not cutting your hair because you're afraid of what mm-hmm. people would think. Mm-hmm. So if you were to go back and tell yourself, would you tell yourself like, hey, listen, just cut your hair, show the world like who you are, what right. you have at, sure. at that age. For sure, honestly, that wouldn't work by itself. Okay. I would say. What really got me to cut my hair, and you, you, you've heard of it, I already have my mom. I already have Min. Yeah. I have Mustafa. I have John. I have my sister. I have my support group. Yeah. Me, and they know I have an abnormality. They know I don't have a left ear. Yeah. If I cut my hair, will Min not like me? Yeah. Will my mom disown me? Yeah. Will my sister be ashamed of me? No. So why fucking care? 
at high school, I was like, oh, I have to develop the courage to be able to tell the world. I thought I wasn't ready to tell the world I had one ear. I thought I wasn't ready to, you know, help people who are hiding because I was scared myself. I thought I wouldn't do any justice if I just cut my hair out yeah. of spite. But I genuinely believe if I told myself in, back in high school, you're not going to lose anyone. You're not going to lose friends. You're not going to lose your loved ones. I feel like I want to cut my hair. Because mm. that was a question I asked myself when I was 21. Uh, when I was 20. That made me go, let's fucking do it. Let me just set the appointment now. Yeah. Um, that was the magic question. Like, it wasn't a development over time. It was, it was low-key a, a bit of courage. But that one question, yeah. will I lose anyone? was the moment right so that question came at a certain time yeah which is so if, if i were to list out my three number one would be whatever it is that you're thinking feeling feared uh, uh anxious about worried about is all happening for a reason so if i were to go back and tell myself all the days that i was anxious uh, uh afraid worried um like just just feeling very uncomfortable mm -hmm. i would be i would be able to go back and tell myself like hey listen you're feeling this way temporarily and it's not gonna always be here and it's happening for a reason so just understand you just gotta take you know one day at a time and it'll it'll work out the way it should be the pain pain is so, only temporary right um you know, but the, but the pain will subside. Right. Very that, famous quote by Ray Lewis, who was obviously defensive tackle for right. the Ravens back in the day. Yeah. Great so motivational speaker. He, that that to me would be number one. I would go back and tell. So if, if there's any, if there's a younger self of me being like, dude, like, what are you going through? Man, I am just. Uh, I'm I'm worried about this, bro. Trust me. Trust like you'll be fine. Just get through it. Just take it day by day, and you will get through it. Right, and the right time will come for you in the sense of the hair. That's why I kept pushing to to see what you would say. It's like for you, getting your hair cut in high school doesn't fit what was what what your life had in regards of the plans, right? Because when you know it's right, yo, you just do it. You just sometimes you just wake up and it's like, fuck, it's right. right. This is it. You ask that question like, fuck, bro, this is it. This is the day. That's yeah. God telling you like, yo, this is your time. Mm -hmm. but you had to deal with it growing up. You know what I mean? Like all the fears you have, everything you're going through right now, like you might be listening to this podcast and it's your fucking time to face the fucking fear. Mm -hmm. Like this might be it. This might be the fucking time where you go like, fuck it, let's do it. Mm -hmm. But if God and the universe doesn't place this podcast in front of you and you don't get access to this, then I mean, it's probably not your time. But whoever's listening to this right now, whether feared, worried, anxious, or, or going through something, dude, this podcast is here to reassure you that shit's gonna fucking just go. Like it's gonna be different. Right. You know, two right. months down the line, you're gonna be a whole different person thinking differently, and this this problem might go away, and it can last six months. But you're not living for six months. You're living for way longer than that, right? So that that'll be number one, dude. It's just like bro, like everything you're worried about, lack of something, where it will all work out the way it's supposed to be. Right, if you get whatever the fuck you want if you don't be fucking lazy. Don't fucking sit around. Just, just don't sit around eating popcorn. And fucking don't do anything, and you will fucking succeed. Just fucking go after it. Right? 
I, I don't want to say that and everybody fucking just sits in their home and then just fucking just go, God, please wait. I'm just going to see it for six months and wait for it. You got to get out there and make it happen. Like for if you want to be able to, 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 to let's just say, um, you know, grow a business. Can't grow a business just fucking sitting and writing notes all day long. No. You got to go out and do whatever the fuck it's got to be, right? So that'd be number one. Number two, um, number two would be finding someone or multiple type, like multiple people. In your case, this Kobe story. If you asking Kobe, yo, is this editing good enough? Finding people that you can either connect with to do things like, or be able to speak with in regards of like. What would they do? Like I told you a story about a client that we have in the like I asked him, well, what would this person say to you if you were in front of them? Because that's somebody you look up to, right? Um, and then connect that with then developing and plugging and playing or, or pulling and plugging in these specific things that these people think, act, and have as like their principles into your own life to become you. Mm. Because to me, I don't want to be the next, you know, Kobe in what I'm doing. I want to be the next Min. Right, but there's things within Kobe that I can learn to become the best me. Which one day I want people to be like you. I want to be like Min. Right? Not wrong to have right? similarities. Yeah. So, so what I think it's like, yo, who do I look up to? Let me pull some things out that they do that I know I can I can do. Right. Right. They're successful. Successful people leave clues. It doesn't mean you have to do everything a successful person does. But if yours is Kobe, it might be some other person that you're looking after too. Right. You use their habits, what they look at, and stuff like that to be able to develop who you are. Right. So be aware of pretty much who to follow. Find people to follow and do what they're doing. Don't do exactly what Kobe does and follow it T by T. Uh, you, there's many people that you can follow after, right? But just an example, find a role model. Find people you look up to and start being them, like acting like that, thinking like that. And then seeing how you can be the best version of yourself by being that, right? Yes. Um, yes. And then the last one would just – this is this is kind of like different because I'm always like kind of known as – I'm just simple. Like I'm just a simple person. I just do simple things. Like I got to do what I got to I do the boring work. Just do the boring shit. You know what I mean? Just to get whatever you want. Um, but it's understanding that you need to be – there's a time and place for everything. In, in your life, there's a time and place to party. There's a time and place to work really fucking hard. There's a time and place right. to, to spend with family. Right. Right. I, I Yeah. Like to, I'm sorry to interrupt, but to go off what you're saying, like entrepreneurship and uh, being independent isn't, you know, work hard. You can't afford to have fun. Yeah. You can, you can have fun. Like that's what life is all about. And, you, and the most recent thing that people like to accept is, your 20 to 30 years, like the age of 20 to 30, is like, you got to grind the fuck out. So yeah. you can live happily 40, 50, 60. No, like if you want to party, you can party. But don't party like every weekend. Right. You know, like party like once a month or like once in two months or like if it's a friend's birthday, go. Yeah. Don't be like, don't be that guy that's like, no, man, I got to gotta work. Oh, man, you, you can disagree. But like, have fun like, have fun like, it's your life you know but yeah. like definitely prioritize you know but yeah continue with I like that saying. I think just being able to not miss those moments but set priorities in the sense of like when you play or when you party you party when you work you're the fucking hardest worker you fucking know right rather than have mediocre oh you party you party a little bit you work you work a little bit 
I'd rather fucking party and party hard and then also have my fucking when I work, I work fucking hard. Right. So in the concept of like 20 to 30, you're like, you know, you want to fucking work, 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 work. What right. I look at is like your number one priority is to fucking work, work on yourself right. and whatever the fuck it is that you're working on. Yes. And then other stuff like family, friends, stuff like that will come into your life that you can plug in and don't yeah. say no to those things because you don't know when somebody it's gone. You don't. Right? Who the fuck knows when you turn 30, when you're ready to live the life, you're like, fuck, I have all the money. Let's fucking live. All your friends are gone. Yeah, your or friends all your, are gone. Everybody, you, everybody's got their own shit going on. With them. Yeah. And then now you reteach the young generation that, hey, I have all this money, but I have no freedom. Uh, a great person. That, yeah, yeah, go ahead. A great person I look up to um, in regards to business stuff, his name is Alex Ramosi. He's like, when I was 20, I wanted to make 20 million. But now that I have 20 million, I want to be 20. Oh. right so so we're personally so with us like we will always want so it so crazy but many people don't have the opportunity to listen to that to understand like yo like fuck we just we gotta work don't get me wrong i'm an advocate of working fucking hard i want to work four five six eight ten twelve hours a day which i did like you know building everything which i still would love to do now and 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 it's one of those things where there's so many other stuff in life that you get to experience and reap in regards of the what you worked for and be able to have fun, experience things where your thought now shouldn't be, how the fuck do I work hard? It's like, what do I got to do so that I can live the life that I always wanted? Going back to the goal. If you set your goal is to make so much money, you're going to make so much money and not have anything else around your life. Like the, the book that we just got, the perfect uh, we, uh, how to perfect friends and influence people. Right? No, th- no, not that one. The other one that we just got shipped. Uh, perfect work week. Yeah, the perfect work week, right? Yeah. It goes over exactly. You have to build your... Your, 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 your life around your business, not your business around your life, right? So for me personally, I look at it as like, dude, you can make all the money in the fucking world, right? But you don't have a fucking life. What the fuck can you do with that money? Like it just doesn't do anything for you. I, I was listening to the podcast that, you know, uh, from Jordan Peterson. Uh, no, I'm sorry. Let me rephrase that. A podcast from Joe Rogan featuring Jordan, Jordan Peterson. Peterson. I love Jordan Peterson. Uh, Jordan Peterson said, life is not about margaritas on the beach. Life is not about being surrounded by 15 naked women. That's not life. That's temporary. Life is 10 minutes of saying good morning or good night to your wife or husband. Life is an hour that you spend eating pizza rolls or meatloaf or, or, or like pizza, like take out pizza, take out Chinese food with your wife or husband or loved ones. Because those 10 minutes add up to becoming 80% of your life. Like they become your life, you know? And I, what I took from that is, I honestly don't know where I was going with that. I think I drank too much wine. But where I was going with that is. This is when shit gets real. This, this, this is like, this is life. Like you have to, don't fantasize the idea of like, working really hard and like achieving what you want and not knowing what to do with it. That's why a lot of millionaires are creeps. Because, mm. yeah, they work really hard. And like, yeah, I got to give respect where respect is due. They work their ass off. Maybe they're one of the very few people that work really hard for 20 to 30. But when they become a millionaire, their 20-year-old mindset gear starts going hard. Oh, I'm, I'm 30, 35 years old now. I'm 40. I'm 40 years old now. I'm a millionaire. I'm a party like I'm 20. 
That's why you see a bunch of old people. That clocks. dude, you fucking down the street we were walking up the park. <laughs> Yo, that's it. Yeah, that's the exact shit. He, he has a twenty-one months. He wants right. to party, right? Because like he never got you. Right. He never got to. But he, it's different partying when you're 40 compared to like now. No, right. yes, you're correct. But like you see a four-year-old at a club being like, oh, you, you're gorgeous. Like, yeah, like, I want to take you home. I want to treat you right. Like, it's just creeps. Yeah. Like that's, that's, it is what it is. Yeah. I love Jordan Peterson. Another person that I, I want to bring up, his name is Jim Rohn. I listened to him a lot. Jim Rohn is great. Jim Rohn. Yeah. So he's, he said this one thing that now going back to working hard, making a lot of money, building a lot of shit. Right, I, I I had that mindset growing the agency, growing the business, but then once I switched my mindset to what Jim Rohn mm-hmm. said, it really allowed me to grow. But it take personal stuff. You hear me all you you hear me say it all the time. All all business problems, all certain problems that you have within your career, all comes from personal problems of you not being disciplined enough. Right, that's why you can't do what you got to do. So Jim Rohn said this. Jim Rohn said, if you get really fucking good at your job. You'll make a living. But if you get really fucking good at becoming the best version of yourself and working on yourself, you'll make a fortune. He said, if you become good at working on yourself or great at working on yourself, you'll make a fortune. But if you fucking you know, uh, 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 spend a lot of time and, and be good at your job, you'll make a living. So when I fucking realized, I'm like, fuck. Like, yo, I, I, it's not about working hard in the business. It's about working hard to be the person that then puts in the work that's necessary to grow the business. Because that's what you're going after, becoming that person. A person that you know uh, uh, prioritizes work. A person that appreciates the people around them. A person that appreciates the time where they can eat pizza because they worked so hard to be able to, to get to the point where you know, they, they get to eat it. You know, I don't want to be fucking 600 pounds eating a pizza and say, this is my life, but I want to be able to create the ideal person I want to be, right? So to when I when I heard that, I'm like, fuck, like, yo, I just got to be that person. Yeah, for you and, guys out there that are that are working really hard right now between the ages of, because probably, I mean, the audience here is probably between the ages of like 18 to 30. Yeah. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. I think you and I can agree to that. Yeah. Don't put a lot of pressure on yourself. You don't have to be a million. Like I think social media does a terrible job at portraying success. I wish I wish I wish social media showed the 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 bruises, the bumps more. Everyone, like so, like social media does a really good job of like I started out from zero, now I'm a multi seven eight figure business owner. Like, dude, that's great enough, but that puts a lot of pressure on a lot of young people. Yeah. Depression, anxiety, debt, pyramid schemes have gone up 40 to 60% every single year between the ages of 18 and 35 because of yeah. social, social media. Because, That's crazy. Because they compare themselves. Humans, I don't care what you say. Don't If you say, I don't compare myself, people yeah, you always do. compare. Right. That's why I got off of social media, man. I got people it. always compare. And I have to get on social media. Yeah. I have to get off social media. So, uh, I, mean, I mean, it's hard for what, me. What, one being comparing and number two being distracted, right? And Those are fucking – Guys, social media is built to fucking have – if you're scrolling for – Ends hours. on ends on ends. <clears throat> they are winning. They are fucking They're winning. winning. They're winning. They are fucking right. taking advantage of you. So going to what Eric said um, in regards of understanding that, hey, don't put too much pressure on yourself. At the same time, don't be fucking lazy. 
right? Don't be that person that fucking kicks back without putting in the work. Be that person who works hard and then kicks back, right? Being that person who earns whatever it is that they fucking want, right? And and, and to me personally, it's one of those things where you can enjoy life, but you got to put in the work. If you want to buy something without looking at the price, you got to fucking work without looking at the fucking clock. Like that's fucking something that I am telling you right now. You will have the life that you want to have if you just be the person that you you need to be. For you to have a successful business, you need to be a successful business owner. So if there's anything I can leave you in in regards to this podcast, huge things in regards to why we started out of how we met basketball stories, etc., it's because it's all about personal development. Right? We didn't go into anything that we have done in regards of our life since, you know, besides basketball, because it aligns to personal development, we haven't talked about anything that we've been able to achieve by the age of 22 while other pe- fucking people are fucking. We found out somebody from our old school, f- some sh- uh, just so much shit, right? At, the, at a young age that we, we are, we've accomplished a lot. But something I, like, I always like to say, yo, be fucking grateful, but never satisfied, right? We didn't talk about any of those things because it doesn't – those things don't matter if you're not who you need to be in regards of happiness, in regards of health, right? Because you, like you said, bro, you can have all the fucking money in the world, but if you're a weirdo, like you're a creep, like you're out there doing stupid – it doesn't fucking matter. Yeah. Like people put mo- like respect on money until you're a weirdo, right? Now you're fucking disrespectful. You- take a step further. Let's say uh, you have the money. Like you said, people respect your money. There's a, there's a perfect episode. I'm going to bring it up. There's, there's an episode in SpongeBob mm. where SpongeBob acquires a lot of money. I forget how he got it. I think he just won the lottery or he sold like some rare jellyfish thing. I don't know. SpongeBob, yeah. SpongeBob was weird. He had a fucking amount of money. He had people over. He was throwing money left and right. And then when when like uh, a good friend, I think it was Mr. Krabs or something, he was just like, oh, SpongeBob, can I have some money? And SpongeBob had like his little French mustache, had like a suit on. He had like a bunch of girls around him, girlfriends around him. He was like, "Oh yes, of course you can have some money." Goes to the safe, opens it, like cobwebs. Oh, silly! I must have money in my pocket. Pulls out in his pocket like nothing but lint. All of a sudden, people are like, "Oh my god, he doesn't have money!" Ditch him! Damn. That episode is not a popular episode, but I think it is a very important episode. Like, you have to ask yourself, you have, you have the apartment, you have the house, you have the dog, you have the girl, you have the car, you have the money. Take those away. Are you still going to have the same friends? Are you still going to have the same people supporting you? Right. If the answer is no, it's not your fault, but you really need a reality check. Yeah, of people around you on a sense of who you are. Because you and I will uh, still be friends. Like, let's say I go bankrupt. Yeah. I lose all my money. I don't have to worry about losing you because we're, we're friends. But let's say, like, you know, like someone wants to be friends with me because I live in this amazing apartment that we live in. Yeah. And then we move out and I leave, and I move into like a smaller apartment and they don't want to like come over or hang out with me. This, you'll see this a lot in like, like a dating. Right. Like if, like if, if, if let's say you're a guy and you're single and like, you know, you live in, in a luxury apartment and then you talk to a girl and you show her where you live, would her reaction be the same? Like if you showed her like a smaller, more run down apartment, like so, my point is, is like, one big thing before you get into the point 
the reason why we have these like things that we're bringing up is because we're self-aware, mm-hmm. which most people aren't. You've yeah. definitely had people that you know, I know that they be they're getting fucked over by not like not even just friends, but in a relationship. But they're too blind to see it, right? The self awareness that we have at the age that we have is insane. Bro, like it's fucking insane. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We're like at our age at 22, there's people out there right now doing drugs, getting fucked up, partying, fucking doing shit that's ruining their future, being in a relationship they shouldn't be in that aren't healthy. But one big thing is like we're self aware of who we are because of the work that we've done. At one point in our life, we had a point where we we weren't happy with who we are. We weren't where we want to be, right? We didn't have the money that we wanted to have. We didn't have the friends. We didn't have the freedom. We didn't have what we have now. So, But we had to fucking do shit. Then we learned throughout the whole thing we got self-aware. And that's how you can bring up these things and draw it out for people so clearly because you're aware in the sense of like looking at other people and kind of sensing out right. like those things. Because, bro, yes. we know, like, like what we saw the fucking walk-in in the apartment here, like, we know. We just know, right? Because we're, we're at that, well, it is you know, way. at that point. Um, but just in general, just the self-awareness. I feel like just, that's just huge. Just let the people know what we're talking about. Right. Like briefly, very briefly. Right, very briefly. All right. So, it was we were walking, uh, you know, back to our apartment room. Uh, and we walked across a very, you know, you know, I, I feel like every, you know, person – it's beautiful in their own ways, but she's she's a good looking girl. And on yeah. the right, there's this guy. He's probably he's 50, 60 years old. Right? He, 50. We'll give him, he's we'll give him the benefit. He's 50 years old. And the girl on the left, um, when I say beautiful and all that, I don't mean like, oh my God, she's amazing. I just mean like, you know, people are beautiful she, creatures. I think she's um, like like stereotypical beautiful. Like yes. She, she was wearing like a bright pink, pink like Pink. Tank like top. you knew it was wrong when it was like pink. She, her hair was dyed. Her nails were just dyed. Right. Draw like this out in your, in your head, guys. Everything was kind of... Like, she had it all out. I'm, like, I'm, I'm going to be real. Her, yeah. her, her tits were out. Yeah. Her breasts were out. I'm not yeah. saying this is my standard of beauty or this is what I think standard of beauty is. Right. But, but like, everybody has their own, like, you know, thing. But to, like, an older person, like, stereotypically, that, that's is, what they look for. what a hot, sexy girl was. Right. And this is this is what we saw. We saw that. And we had a moment where we were, like, am I – this, this person lives here? Like – we're fucking, we're in like a fucking mindset, which is everybody has their right. He didn't do anything wrong. No. None that he did that was wrong. Not you know, that we know of. But the, yeah. Not that we know of, but she seemed like she was happy. He seemed like he was happy. She, you know, who knows? We're not going to get into it, but yeah, that's what we kind of, you know, right. witness. Yes. Um, but we're self-aware in a sense of like, we, we wouldn't do that. If that makes sense. Like we wouldn't look at them like, yo, we wouldn't do that because we understand that's just... Not because society thinks it's weird. It's because we understand that that's just not what love, you know, relationships uh, is, right? And it's not – I mean, shit, they might be right. That might be it. But we, we might be wrong, right? right, in regards to like our relationships and what we have as love. But given the situation so, standards, like he was wearing like like a beat-up shirt. Like he looked like he just woke up and he was like rubbing all over her back and <laughs> – she was just like giggling at literally every single yeah. word he said. I'm, uh, you can't help but assume, but like, you know, there was, there was a, there was a, um, how do I, how do I say it? Like a transaction. Well, but um, I mean, the, at the end of the day, again, he didn't do anything wrong. It wasn't anything for us to worry about. It was just a funny little moment. We're 22 right. years old. Like we can still laugh. We can still have moments like that. 
Um, I think fucking 30 years old fucking would see that and would say something and laugh, right? Right. Um, but yeah, man, like overall, I don't know. I mean, we can, we can come to an, it's, it's, it's yeah, your podcast sure. I was here. So I was about to say, no, I was going to wrap okay. it up. We can wrap it up. But yeah, man, like pretty much what we go, went over about, I'm really happy that we reflected back on yeah. our, uh, youth. I mean, I don't want to say youth, but like our journey of becoming, you know, friends and stuff like that. We changed a lot. Yeah. We, we definitely like went through a lot of stages. Uh, we went through a lot of ups and downs, but you know, for the most part speaking, basketball, I think was a big part of our lives. And I think will continue to be the biggest part in our, in our lives. Cause we, you know, we still watch NBA games. We still talk about who's going to be MVP. Is it going to be DeMar DeRozan, John Moran? Yeah. We still play 2k. Yeah. Uh, we still sometimes bet on fantasy. Yeah. I, I think we will play basketball until we're like 60 or 70 or something like that. Um, but yeah, again, you know, I, I want to thank you for always being there with me. I want to thank you for being, you know, my backcourt, you know, thanks for being my point guard. Um, even though we've never played on a team together besides MNBA, um, you know, I don't want to have anyone else to play basketball with, even though we lose a lot of games, even because we're ball dominant players, I I'm I don't want to lose with anyone else. Yeah, and I appreciate you always having my back. I'll always have your back, um, and I'm looking forward to a lot more one on ones and uh, a lot more uh, basketball related topics to talk about with you. But yeah. if there's anything else you would want to say to wrap it all up, you know, this is sure. Your time. I, and I appreciate you having me on and and just kind of going over what we went over. It was like two hours of just straight genuine feedback on our lives to help somebody out because we understood being those young kids growing up not having anybody to help besides us right this is going to go to my last point i'm going to end it like this which is we had both of us had things growing up that we can attach our our youth to our you know how we grew up to like so many negative things that we can be which many people do like, oh, I, I, this and that. You brought up a couple of key points. But the thing for you and I is like we attach ourselves to basketball and that's our main thing growing up right? that I personally talk about. I don't know on a sense of your end, but for me personally, there's so many things that I could have connected to negatively growing up and be like, yo, this is who I was growing up, like this negative life, like I grew up like whatever. But I connected to basketball because you have the choice between picking your, your, your past, like, what do you want to highlight for people? The negative? Do you want to tell your kids that you grew up like negatively so they can feel bad for you, right? Or they can feel like, oh, this is what I had to grow up with. Because you know this. A lot of parents would be like, I grew up like this. It wasn't fair for me. Why would I make it fair for you? Like, they're, they're putting all of their negativity on their kids, right? So if anybody's listening, I want to end it on a sense of you have the opportunity and the choice to pick um, in, re- in regards of your your past and future and also currently right now what to focus on what to pretty much if you get to write the book what would you write the book about i would if i can like you know if whatever i get to write a book i would write from where i grew up in the sense of what i remember to high school ending basketball everything basketball and maybe like a paragraph about like little things that went on in my life but everything else about basketball because i want to be able to spread positivity in the sense of for myself in the future, plus everybody that's reading it. So choose positivity. You have a choice, guys. I understand certain uh, certain circumstances you don't, 
But in my understanding, there's a choice that you can make in regards to what you overlay in people. Yeah. Like you can have the opportunity to talk about all the drugs you witnessed when you grew up or the thing that you learned from all of that. Right. So that's pretty much it. Yeah. Very, very well said. Like you can take a lot of stuff in this podcast. I'm going to be real with you guys. I didn't really have a plan on what exactly this podcast was going to be about. Like men already knew that we were going to talk about basketball, but you know, then again, we went on to like different things like, you know, life decisions, life goals, different mindsets, how basketball incorporated into our business career, our uh, financial stuff, all that stuff. Um, but, you know, I hope you take what you need to take and I hope you were able to relate to a lot of things and, you know, go find yourself um, another buddy like like men. Uh, find like really this is your chance to connect back with a brother or a sister or a family member or a friend that you you always had but never really got to thank this is your time to do so because like men said we don't know when they'll be gone like gone doesn't mean dead but like maybe that they move to another country or another part of the u.s like you never you'll never know and this is your time to do so and to wrap it all up, you know, I hope you enjoyed this episode. This may be a longer episode, but, you know, if you're traveling to Florida, like, this is definitely the podcast to listen to because you're probably in Orlando, Florida by now, by the end of this podcast. <laughs> but, That's you know, um, if you're listening to this podcast, if you're if you're needing a friend, you know, we'll always be here. You know, my, uh, my social media will be found in Instagram. Uh, be creative productions it'll be the first one that pops up uh i'm not verified yet so instagram if you're listening uh verify me verify your boy verify your boy you know um but anyways thank you guys so much for watching man thanks again for hopping on hope to have you on board again with a couple of other friends as well very very soon cool man and um you know always be the best version of yourself always be you always be kind and of course always be creative i will see you guys in the next episode i'll talk to you guys again very soon peace Peace.